Like if I talked about my emotions in some of my old boys chats, like you get ridiculed, you get like bantered, which like it's funny in the moment, but it's actually so damaging for so many guys' mental health because they they realize that they can't even talk to their friends about their mental health or their emotions because it makes them feel emasculinated. And if it doesn't make them feel demasculinated, their friends might make them feel demasculinated. So it's a really difficult situation, but I'm also very blessed that a lot of my friends were girls. So I was able to talk to my emotions through them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am so excited to you know be bringing this special guest on today. It's actually a close friend of mine all the way from the UK. And in this episode, we're going to be having a bit of a chat about mental health and specifically in regards to men. So I want to put a little bit of a trigger warning here, just in case there is anyone who finds this as a bit of a sensitive topic. We will be talking about things such as mental health, depression, anxiety, and suicide. So do as you will if you wish to continue this episode or not. But men are known for really bottling things up and Sometimes I feel that they have no one to turn to because I guess society wrongly taught males to mask their emotions. And that's something that I've really noticed in a lot of the friendships I have with males and, you know, just parents in general as well. Now, on average, about one in eight men will really experience depression and one in five will experience anxiety at some stage in their lives. And we need to really be encouraging men to start, I guess, speaking up and not expecting them to man up. Okay, so effectively managing your mental health is important whether you are male or female. So today I am joined by a fitness and mindset coach, Luke Anning, to talk about his journey with mental health and how he was able to use fitness and his mindset work to really, you know, work through it all. So welcome, Luke. I'm so excited to have you join me here today. Do you want to introduce yourself for all our listeners? Hi, Em. Hope you're good. Hope everyone else is good that's listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for coming over and appreciating my time and your, you guys' time. So I'm Luke. I'm essentially a superhero fitness and mindset coach, mindset and body coach. Essentially, I've, I've gone through a, a long journey of fitness, always played sport throughout my life, always played like the masculine sports, like I played rugby and then I shifted from rugby to American football, both which I excelled at. But really struggled with my mental health for a long period of time, a long period of time in my life. And playing such a masculine sport and then coming out as bisexual this year as well was also a huge part of it. But yeah, like in terms of mental health, like the anxiety is is right up there and rife. Um, I've gone through depression a few times. I've gone through two situations where I was on the brink of suicide and then I had suicidal thoughts every day for a long time in my life. So in terms of the mental health side of things, like I've definitely been through it and I'm definitely skyrocket superhero level on the outside of uh, the opposite side of it now. You really are. And it's so crazy as well, because when I first met you, I 
didn't even have any clue of all of the, you know, different things that you had to go through in regards to mental health. And, you know, that just shows how, I guess, strong of a person you are and how bright you shine your light now. So it really shows what is possible for so many other people who may be struggling with similar things. So I guess, first of all, you mentioned that you are a fitness and mindset coach. Okay. So tell me what really got you into the fitness and mindset industry. So like the fitness side of things, I've I mean, like fitness has been my whole life. Like sport has always been my exit, always my coping mechanism for everything. So like I started the fitness coaching, what, December last year after having been previously coached for a few months, six months. Yeah, I was just like, look, I can I can change some people's lives. Like I can just take people from their situation right now, shift them into some better fitness so that they feel better about themselves. And then I realized like actually, you know, as much as the fitness side of things is a big part of what I do more so the mindset and mental health is more closer to me because that's what I dealt with was using fitness as my coping mechanism for my mental health so then I was like okay let's shift this up and then went through a huge revamp with my coaching and was like yeah and now I'm absolutely obsessed with the mindset similar to how M has a leadership program like that's kind of like the superhero level that I try and take everyone to everybody's got this inner self little superhero inside of them that wants to do things and save the world and help people. And yeah, that's what I kind of bring about to the world. I love that. You are such a superhero. Every single time I look at your reels popping up on my Instagram, I just like get the biggest smile on my face. So you're making such a positive impact for everyone around you. So keep on going. Now, obviously you did talk about how fitness was something that has really helped you with your mental health. And that's something that we're going to have a bigger conversation about later in this episode. But, you know, I myself am someone who is really invested into health and fitness. And, you know, I think what we're seeing a lot of in the fitness industry right now is this growing focus on developing your mindset alongside, you know, your fitness goals. So do you want to have a bit of a chat about, you know, first and foremost, what the importance is of mindset when it comes to working towards a fitness goal? Yeah. So like with a mindset, side of a fitness goal like at the end of the day if you're going to be caught up in your old ways um you're never going to shift or if you do get results you're going to struggle to almost accept them so for example like with a client that may be overweight for example or you know in that situation they haven't just been overweight when they've come to me they may have been overweight for a long time in their life so their mindset isn't just caught up around bad habits it's caught around you know, being overweight, that kind of, oh, I'm overweight, I have this, I have that. And it was similar to myself as well. I went through a long period of my life where I couldn't grow my chest, like with my training. One, it was down to execution, but also partly my mindset. I was always caught up with being like, I can't grow a chest, I can't grow a chest, I can't grow a chest. And you're going to the gym and you're training chest exercises and then tie that in with, you can't grow something. Even if you do grow or even if you do shift into something new, you're not learning to appreciate your new self. So that was huge. I remember the day that I actually was like, I've grown a chest. I've actually, I've actually like shifted it. And I think also part of that mindset was also because I had people make funny remarks about me as well. Like things like, Oh, you go to the gym all this time. You can't even grow a chest. Like that was something I heard regularly. And. It's it's that hard thing when it's something you're very, very insecure about and then somebody points out that insecurity and you're like, brilliant, yep, as if I'm not trying to work on that already. But yeah, in terms of the, like the mindset with fitness, it's all about 
not only being able to show up for your workouts and not only being able to be consistent with things, but also recognizing your change and recognizing the steps that you are taking rather than looking at it as this big uphill battle. It's like, I'm working on myself. I will get up this hill rather than like, oh, oh, I've got to go and do this workout. Oh, I've got to go and get these meals in. Oh, I've got to go to bed on time. You know, like some people have to really chase to get, get them to go to bed on time. So with the mindset side of things, it's everything. It's everything, every part of fitness. It's the same with being like a top athlete, like in same, same when I played American football. If I went onto the field and I was like, oh, I'm not going to play very well. The chances are you're not going to play very well. If you go into that game being like, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, you can swear on this oh, podcast. Okay. <laughs> so if I go, so if I go, if I, if I go onto, if I go onto the field and I'm like, I'm the best motherfucker on this field. I'm going to tear someone up. Little keynote, I used to be a little bit crazy on the American football pitch, but that's just because you have to be, because you have to show up as your best self. You have to adopt the mindset of somebody who's going to do certain things because otherwise you're not going to do them. The same how I embody this superhero energy right now, because if you're not going to show up as a superhero or you're not going to try and embody the superhero energy, you're never going to do superhero acts. But yeah, I totally hear what you're saying there. And, and, and mindset is everything at the end of the day, you know, because you can have these goals for where you want your physique to be or where you want to get to as an athlete or in the fitness world. But if your mindset is in alignment with like, with that, just like any goal, right? Like if you're trying to grow your business and your mindset isn't in alignment because you've got all these limiting beliefs or negative self-talk creeping in, then that's always going to stunt you from actually getting to that next level or recognizing when you do get to that next level. I know that that was something that I used to struggle with a lot was basically I would be working really, really hard towards a fitness goal. And once I'd hit that goal, even if it was the leanest I had ever been, I couldn't physically see that myself because in my head, I still had that negative self-talk going on. And I think right now, to be totally honest, I'm sort of um, in that same limited mindset, but on the opposite side of things. So because I'm not at the leanest that I have been in the past, you know, six months to one year in my head, every single time I'm looking at myself, I'm saying you're overweight, you're to this or you're to that. And what I've noticed is as a result of that, even if I'm going to the gym consistently, or even if I am cleaning up my diet, the body image isn't changing, right? So what's your sort of uh, advice for anyone who is in a similar sort of mindset where they are filling themselves with, you know, fixed and limited thoughts how can they really start to shift out of this mindset into a more healthy and positive one? Okay. So um, first of all, start recognizing what you're saying to yourself, little things you can pick up. At the moment, I'm bulking at the moment. So a lot of the time, like I'm bloated and I know that I'm bloated, but picking up on that bloat and being like, okay, like I'm in this situation, it is what it is and I'm doing it to get to a goal. But for other people, you've got to recognize what you're saying to yourself, first of all, Write it down if it helps. Writing things down is really, really helpful. And just look at yourself in the mirror. A lot of people will look at themselves in the mirror and they'll look away really quickly because they pick out their insecurities really fast. Force yourself to stay in front of the mirror for like a good minute and be like, okay, this is my body. Like, I love this about it. I love this about it. I love this about it. And every time you come up with something negative, come up with three positives, three positives. Be like, oh, no, I don't like this about my body, but I like this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And learn to accept yourself. Learn to accept that your body will change at certain times. Your body will shift. I'm sure all of us have experienced like problems with bloating. That's for sure. 
like learn to love your bloke for sure like it's just your body reacting in a certain way if you're getting a bloke for a regular reason maybe look into why but you can't be too hard on yourself just for your body reacting to things and in terms of making those steps forward just keep loving yourself keep loving yourself and keep loving yourself for showing up for yourself it's not only just about accepting your body for how it is now maybe it's not quite where you want it to be but accepting that you're still going to put the work in you're still going to work out so that you can make some forward steps somewhere then you're good to go Mm. so i think you need to lead this movement of hashtag embrace the bloat or something like oh yeah i I think that's something that i mean i talk about it with my girlfriends all the time like because I've I've got a very supportive circle around me and, and we're all so we're all so different in our body types as well, which I think is one of the hard things, right? Like you start to compare yourself to the people that look physically different to you. But I mean you're physically built different. So of course each and every single person is going to appear differently. It's just about realizing that your body does change and it's normal for your body to change. So if you're sitting there and comparing yourself to, you know, someone's absolute peak highlight photo on social media and then you're looking at yourself at the end of the day after eating all of the meals that you're meant to and you know all of this and that's where I think some of the mindset struggles really come for I know for myself personally I'm not too sure you know if from a male's perspective if this is something that you have dealt with yourself also but I mean that would be something interesting to hear from you as well you know like what has your experience been with body image as a male because I know all the time you know, there's, uh, we're talking about it in the sense of females, right? Body empowerment in, in the sense of females, but w- what's it like being a male and have you ever had any experiences with body image issues? I think I'm quite comfortable in my body where I'm blessed that playing rugby, you get into the showers with other guys like quite early. I remember being like, what, 13, 14 years old and you're like fully naked in a shower with other guys, sometimes with men. So like, I think like, I'm blessed in the sense that I got confident with that, but I know also that that's a really uncomfortable situation for some people. Don't ask me why. I just love being naked all the time. If if I had a choice, I could be naked all the time. I'd get everyone to be naked. It would just be way more fun. But anyway, on the aspect of like body image, like I was always really underweight and I would always make jokes around not training at the gym or not being as big as other people because I could get away with it because my skill at rugby was good enough to to get away with it. But I think for the first time that I was made to feel, I guess, uncomfortable about my body image was when I had like county trials, my local area. And then like they said, I didn't get in because I wasn't big enough. And that was the first point I was like, oh, like I've never looked at myself as not big enough. And then onwards from that, it was always like, oh, you're lanky, you're skinny, you're not big enough type thing. And then also on the flip side of things, when I did put on loads of weight last year, when just before I got into being coached, I was like way overweight for me. I was eating loads of shit. I was just doing anything in my power just to get bigger, which is like a, a little bit of like a problem. I know a lot of guys get into guys that are really skinny will go, Oh, I'll just eat anything just so that I can get bigger because it is very difficult to gain weight when you're like that level. You're easily having like 4,000, 5,000 calories and you're not shifting weight at 82, 83 kilos and like five foot 11, six foot, that's where I was. And I wasn't shifting weight. So I was having to put everything into my body, everything into my body. And then unfortunately, well, it just went a little bit too far and then end up getting fat for me, a higher body fat. And then I got really uncomfortable because I was like, 
oh, I can't see my abs. I can't see my abs. And I've always been able to see my abs because I've been so skinny. So then from there, it was like points where I wouldn't want to take off my top when I was with my ex-girlfriend or like I wouldn't want to necessarily go to the beach or I would be comparing myself to a lot of other guys. And I know this is something that I speak to a lot of people about is they, they compare themselves to others and they really do want to be able to take their top off at the beach. But a lot of guys feel so, so uncomfortable being able to do that because of that negative self-talk that, that they're not good enough or other people won't accept their bodies. But ultimately, it's them accepting their own body for, for where it's at. And sure, like you can be in an com- uncomfortable position, but I think the goal is to have a confidence so that you can be able to take your top off regardless because it's it's crazy. Like I'm a fitness coach, obviously like, in my best days when I was absolutely shredded, I look really good. But on the flip side of things, when I looked quote unquote really good, my hormones were fucked. I couldn't go out for more than like 4,000 steps because I'd be out of breath. Couldn't get an erection. Like things, things are not good. So like you can look at a lot of these influences and stuff and compare yourselves. But if they're shredded, I guarantee they're having mental health issues because it's really difficult to stay at that point when your body's not regulating your hormones properly because you haven't got enough fat on yourself. And it's the same on the flip side of girls. I think I've spoken to a few girls who want to have abs. And for a lot of girls, it's really not good for you to have abs because of the tie-in with your hormones. Girls have more of a an up-and-down approach with their menstrual cycle and estrogen and testosterone in now and again. And it's, yeah, it's really dangerous for girls to have abs for too long if they're not an athlete and if they're not regulating and getting their blood tests and et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's a lot of complications to girls having abs for sure. Mm, it's um, really interesting you bring that up because I have seen a lot in like, there's been, you know, influences that I've followed in the past where they were really, really heavy showing their journey through like competitive bodybuilding and having to shred down and get to that extreme level of leanness who have then, you know, transformed their accounts from being that focused on getting to that point and instead taking a more healthy approach to, you know, fitness and working out and dieting because that's something that people don't necessarily realize is the health risks that do come with getting yourself to that elite point, right? And Mm -hmm. I mean, for so many of these athletes as well, it's only such a short amount of time that they actually sit in that state. But because, you know, that is the peak position that they've got into and they might be working through their own, you know, body image struggles surrounding gaining weight. That's what they continue to show, right? Those highlight reels time and time again. So it's really interesting that you brought that up, especially around, you know, the importance of taking that pressure off yourself as a female to get abs and realize that it's probably not the healthiest thing for our body types because, you know, we do, we get into that mindset of we're like, you know, that is a standard of beauty that I want to reach, et cetera, et cetera, without actually you know, realizing the effects that it will have on your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think just as a little spot on what you said, a lot of people get caught up in wanting to look like bodybuilders, like whether that be female or male, I'll be straight with you. Like I'm not like a, a full-time bodybuilder at the moment. Like I've trained in largely bodybuilding hypertrophy methods and have done for the past few years, but it's not healthy. Like it's really not healthy off season. You're forcing food down you all the time. Like I eat every two hours, every two and a half hours, really screws up with your schedule. And if you're not blessed, like I am to have more free time, then that can really screw with you. And then on the flip side of things, you're 
not eating to a point where your body is in starvation mode and, and you're really, really hungry all the time and you're not feeding it because you've got to prepare for a competition. And then you've got the even more dangerous side of things with girls where they can lose their menstrual cycle, they can become anemic. There's a lot of complications. Some people, some people hit a, they'll hit a show and then after the show, they'll just get a binge eating disorder because they can't stop eating after that because their body is been wanting food for so long and they get food and then they just can't stop. Um, and then I think that's where you start to tie in mental health and mindset around it. But I haven't prepped for a show yet. Last year I was down to a point where I was probably about six weeks out of a show, but then my body type is, it will go very skinny, very easily. Well, on the flip side, bulking is very difficult for me. Whereas on the flip side of people, I know that people that bulk on 3,000 calories, the lucky pricks. Yeah, that's them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So that's a lot on like, you know, the importance of mindset and fitness. Clearly it is extremely important. But now I want to like sort of switch things up a bit and talk about the importance of fitness for mental health. Because, you know, as we said at the start of this episode, you were really able to use fitness as a way to help you through some of your mental health struggles. So, you know, if you're open to it, would you like to dive in and share a little bit about your own journey with mental health that you've gone through yourself? I think it started off in school. I always knew that I was different. I think it was probably the bisexual thing, but I always knew I was different. I remember the first few days of year seven and you're trying to make friends and you're trying to like, fit in because that is school trying to fit in and i remember everyone being like luke why are you trying to hang around with us nobody likes you nobody wants to be friends with you type thing and that kind of effect that it has on you when you're like 12 13 years old then carries with you for the rest of your life until you start reflecting and start learning about it so that's where it started getting quite bad in terms of like my anxiety and struggling with fear of rejection and then my depression started when essentially I've learned when I started externally validating myself through other people and relying on other people and doing things that were outside of myself. And the reason I did things outside of myself was to try and be accepted. So I would always try and fit into certain groups by changing my behavior. But because I was never being authentically me, it meant that I was kind of misaligned with who I was. So I was always questioning who I was. And then when I was... 17 I got into a relationship and I put everything into this girl literally it was that type of relationship where it was toxic because every part of my happiness was in this person rather than within myself and because of that when we broke up depression hit me so hard because it was like happiness we broke up and then all my happiness was gone and then during that time I'd also failed my A-levels and then, yeah, there was a point where I basically tied a school tie around my neck in my lamp in my uh, room and tried to hang myself and, yeah, that was a scary time. But, yeah, obviously lampshades can't hold people, so it broke. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> and, um, Thankfully, and, uh, they can't Yeah, and still here. And then, um, and then the second time was during my second year at university. So I figured out at university that I really didn't want to be there and I really didn't want to follow my degree. But I essentially was just staying there because 
because I had nothing else. I didn't really know what else to do. And I think that's a lot of people at university, like are literally there because they don't know what they're doing and they're just plugging away and plugging away at something. But I was always playing American football at the same time. So that was the same thing that kept me going as, as such. But at the same time, again, I was in another relationship that wasn't working. And as well as a coping mechanism, I was partying. I was taking like MDMA twice a week. I was taking a lot of drugs. I wasn't going to university. And it reached a time where I was on a, I was on this bridge for about two weeks. I think I was on that bridge like every night for two weeks and I would just cry, just sitting there crying. And there was one bit where I stood up on this bridge and I was like ready to go. I was ready to jump. I think something just clicked in my head that I was like, nah, you're meant to, you're meant to save people. It, was, it wasn't even like you're meant to save people, but it was kind of like, nah, think about the boys, like the American football team, because I was so invested in that team and because I was such a valuable member of the team, narcissistically. Um, <laughs> um, I was like, nah, I can't do it. So then onwards from there, um, that relationship ended, but I still was having issues with drugs, still having issues with like externally validating, but it was always fitness that kept me going because I was always thinking about playing for the boys or playing for American football. Like the reason why I was such a cycle on the field was because it was almost like every bit of pain that I had, I could use it and hit someone. Everything that I could have in my sport was like as a, a coping mechanism. And I remember breaking down to a girl at one point, her saying like, why are you so, why are you so down and why are you so sad? Because I was like injured from the gym. And then like, I remember like crying saying like, oh, it's because like gym was the only thing that was there for me for a long time. Like that was where, that was my therapy as it were. As you start to grow into your fitness journey and start growing into now, or as, as I start started to grow into myself now, I realized actually how unhealthy that was. Just having fitness as your vice when you get injured or when things don't go your well, like. If I didn't have a session and I didn't personal best at somewhere in that session, not in terms of one rep maxes, but in terms of like an eight or a 10 or a 12 or a weight, if I didn't PB, I wasn't happy and I would almost be depressed walking out of my session, which is not what training is there for. It's there for essentially just going in there and working on yourself. And I think for me, for fitness, for my mental health, the biggest shift was realizing that I don't actually need fitness for my mental health. Although it is like an added part to it. And as much as it's like, as much as it was that vice for me for so long, particularly team sports, it's not anymore, which is kind of crazy to say. You would, I would never have said this last year because I was religious. Like I was like, I'm not fucking missing a session. Like wouldn't matter how tired I was. It wouldn't matter how beaten up or injured I was. I would always, always, always go. But I think the biggest shift in terms of fitness for my mental health this year was realizing that it's not actually my only, my only thing that makes me happy. Mm. I think that's a really important point that you brought up when you said that you can't just use fitness as an escape. Like you need to make sure if you're using fitness as something to help you through these struggles, that you're also pairing it with the mindset aspect that we were talking about earlier on. But something that I find so inspiring by your story that you've just shared with us is how you really turned your pain into power, right? And you took something that was the most darkest, most challenging part of your life and turned it into something to actually 
be able to bring brightness and happiness to the lives of others. You know, you you took your pain and decided, okay, I'm going to use this as a turning point and actually help other people, you know, go on and create the same transformations for themselves that you've been able to do for yourself. So I think that is something so powerful that I am so proud of you for, and you should be so proud of yourself also this journey that you've been on. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to ask you based off what you sort of shared with us just then. I think that the first point that I want to ask you is, you know, at what sort of point did you really decide to start to speak up about your mental health and and actually seek help about it? And, and why is it that you felt like maybe you couldn't speak up sooner? The first time I genuinely tried to reach out for help was during that suicidal period um, in second year of university. I actually went to the like school counselors, as it were. Um, they did a little assessment on me and then said that I wasn't ill enough to have help, even though like I was self-harming at the time as well. So that was a bit of a weird one and it didn't really like help me, but it was that first point of, of moving forwards at, at least. And then I think in terms of being able to speak about my emotion, where I haven't necessarily fitted in with guys because I'd always shifted who I was. I've been around girls a lot. And as you know, like girls talk about their emotions a lot more than guys do. Like if I talked about my emotions in some of my old boys chats, like you get ridiculed, you get like bantered, which like it's funny in the moment, but it's actually so damaging for so many guys' mental health because they they realize that they can't even talk to their friends about their mental health or their emotions because it makes them feel emasculinated. And if it doesn't make them feel demasculinated, their friends might make them feel demasculinated. So it's a really difficult situation, but I'm also very blessed that a lot of my friends were girls. So I was able to talk to my emotions through them. And like, I genuinely like implore so many guys to find like a girl best friend. You may go through like a platonic sort of like friendship moment, but at the same time, like being able to speak to people who understand emotions and actually hear you and are there for you is really, really good. I think it's actually quite difficult sometimes to do in relationships for for people because girls maybe see this guy as this masculine figure. And then as soon as they do something which is perceived as feminine as talk about their emotions, they're not actually ready for it, particularly with some guys' problems, like some guys' problems, girls just aren't going to understand the same as the vice versa. Some girls' problems, guys aren't going to understand as well. It's, it's the same on both sides of things. But I think that first point of being able to reach out was, was probably having more friends that are girls. I'm very blessed with that. But that's yeah. not to say that I'm not one of the boys' boys. Like I was social second defensive captain for uh, American football as well. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's really important to like, as individuals, whether you are male or female, become really aware of how you are behaving or responding to like relate the relationships that you're in. You know, as you were saying about the group chat, if you were to post something, you know, actually sensitive and actually about your emotions, I think a lot of the time, the reason why there's the responses that there are is because maybe the other people haven't experienced that before and they just don't understand the severity of it. It's Mm -hmm. sort of like a level of ignorance. And so we as individuals need to become responsible for becoming aware of the fact that just because you haven't gone through something, just because you don't understand or you don't think that that struggle is as serious as maybe it is for that person, you need to be able to separate yourself from that and go, okay, I need to recognize this as a call for help or someone needing some support right now. And rather than ridiculing them and making them feel small for speaking up about it, 
really create a space where they can feel comfortable for that. And that comes back to the whole, you know, how you mentioned maybe girls won't necessarily understand the depth of the different struggles that a guy is going through and vice versa. And with this as well, it's sort of like coaching, right? Like you don't need to have personally been through that thing. You don't need to necessarily fully understand the depth of that struggle or that pain that that person is going through. But if you can provide them with support and let them know that you were there for them, that in itself can sometimes be enough, you know, to make that person not feel alone in the challenge that they are going through, letting them know that if they need you, you are there for them and just providing that level of support. So you know what I find is so interesting? It's when you mentioned at the beginning that you actually reached out to the university saying that you were looking for help and they told you that you're not ill enough for the help. I think that is something that is really appalling that someone else can sort of take it within their hands and and determine whether or not you are ill enough to seek help. I mean, because to come out and, and to actually ask for that help in the first place was probably a really big thing for you. So I think that's something else that we really need to start shifting, you know, is not diminishing or degrading or what is it? what's the word? Making someone else's problems feel smaller just because you don't necessarily validate them as something that is an issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it was the same as well when I went to the NHS, like the UK health system about my anxiety. They were like, oh, here's a number for anxiety. But it's like, okay, when somebody has already taken that first step, that big first step to reach out to someone, the worst thing that you can then do is leave it to their hands to sort it. Because from an anxious perspective, you're like, well, I don't want to call someone else. Like, I don't want to speak to someone else. Like, I'd rather have them book something in and call you on a given time. And then you know when, when it's going to be. I think that university scenario was really difficult for me as well, because it was crazy. Cause I remember showing her like some of my self harm scars on the top of my arm. And I was like, oh, I've, I've got this. I've done this in the past. And like, I've started doing it again. And like, I remember getting the assessment back and then being like, oh, you're not ill enough. And I was like, how ill do you have to be? Like, how close to killing yourself do you have to be for them to be like, oh, you know what? This problem, this person probably should have like counseling or CBT or DPD or something like that. It was really crazy to be in that scenario i think maybe if the university student union found out about it they would probably actually kick up a huge fuss around it because i know that university student unions are really good generally with mental health but it was just a shame that that particular that particular like unit as it were didn't kind of accept you and i think as well for a lot of people that have mental health issues you're already in a state where like you don't feel accepted and you don't feel normal so then for them for you to then be told that you're not good enough almost for their help, that's kind of how you feel, which is kind of mad. But now like I've come to realize like I'm on the flip side of things where I'm like, yeah, I am different and it's fucking great. It's, it's such a mindset shift. There's so many things that you can be like, oh, I'm so different to other people and like I don't fit in. Or you can be like, I don't need to fit in with anyone because I am different and I can just be me. But it does take a lot of work for sure to get to there. So in saying that then, like, what is really the value of being able to speak up about your emotions? You know, if, uh, through this episode, if there's one thing we want to encourage, we want to encourage people, whether you are male or female, to really be able to speak up when you are in these sorts of headspaces. So what is the value from your experience in being able to speak up? There's two kind of situations. So you've got the one where it's more private 
and possibly you're able to not only form a closer bond with someone, but you're also able to air out your shit. Like you're able to to finally get things off your chest. And I think for anybody who does start having someone offload some mental health kind of vent thing, sometimes initially as that person who's going to vent, it's going to be a scenario be like, oh, I'm dealing with something. Do you mind if I talk to you about it? Sometimes asking for that permission is good because, you know, it's mental health. It can be triggering. But secondly, as well, for that person who's there to hold the space, it's good to be like, do you want me to listen or do you want advice? Because sometimes people will hear things and automatically they start giving the advice and the other person's like, they kind of feel told off almost i know a lot of people struggle with their mental health because they haven't been able to talk to their parents about it or to their parents about their emotions they've been told to be quiet or stop being silly or to not be so emotional about things which also ties into mental health as well in terms of people i've spoken to as well as myself but i'm kind of lost i'm lost i'm lost where i'm talking now <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, I think that's so powerful what you said there about asking first and foremost, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? Because I think that's something that is so simple to do, but people just don't necessarily think of because a lot of the time, maybe someone does just want you to listen. They don't want to hear, you know, how you can fix them or this and that. They just want that ear to, they want that person, you know, to feel like mm-hmm. they're being supported by someone. So I think that was bang on what you were sharing there. You know, that that is really a valuable point for anyone you know on either side of the situation to really start taking action on mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. and i've made that mistake like that's the thing like i'm not gonna act like i'm perfect i've had a scenario where somebody opened up to me and i almost tried the coaching because i was like i can help this person i can help this person i can help this person and by doing that i actually almost like pushed them further away because they were just trying to be open with me so it's definitely something to remember whenever somebody's asking you about something is do you want me to listen or do you want some advice because that advice from that person might be like oh well you should go and see someone Mm -hmm. but like sometimes they don't want to go and see someone sometimes they just want to speak to their friend or speak to someone who's able to hold that space for them because trust me having somebody listen to you almost like vent about something that's stressed you out or like particularly like something that's really getting you down at the moment can also be huge in stepping forward for almost recognizing it as well because sometimes you don't know the situation you're in until you talk about it yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and then the second point now I've remembered the second point I was going to say is when you're open on social media about your mental health it allows people to recognize that they're not by themselves as well so I know when I first talked about when was the first time I talked about my mental health I think it was when I came out as bisexual on Instagram that was big Considering I played rugby most of my life, considering I played American football, like defensive captain, known as a bit of a psycho on the field, like literally wanted to break everyone's legs, to then, oh, I'm bisexual, like, and this is what I've been holding on to, like, my whole life. That's a big step. But also, in terms of any other mental health things, like suicidal things or depressive things, I've had people reach out to me who, like, you wouldn't... This is a difficult thing as well. Half the people who really struggle with their mental health, you wouldn't know anything about, particularly your friends that you haven't heard from in a while. That might be a, this might be a message for you right now for anybody that's listening. If you've got a group chat and you have a friend in that that doesn't particularly chirp up, reach out to them because they could be really going through something that you have no idea about because they're not active in the group. But also 
it gives people that opportunity to recollect with you. So let's say you talked about your depression, somebody might message you and be like, oh, thank you so much. Like, I deal with that as well. So for example, another thing that I do with my mental health is I've got like a bit of a biting disorder. Like I can't either bite when I'm bored, I'll chew my cheeks, I chew... I used to chew bed frames when I was like really, really young and I never recognized it. But if you looked at my bed when I was like seven, eight years old, if you imagine like the metal bed frame, like it was all, it was all gone because I chewed it and never really recognized this until I was older and realized that that was a almost like a stress slash, slash anxiety trigger kind of coping kind of side effect type thing where it's like, it's almost like an OCD type thing. But yeah, that's something that I do. But now I, now I write it, I write it out every time. But I know when I talked about that briefly on my story, I had a few people reach out as well. So I mm. think the more you can share, particularly as a guy, the more you can share and be open. And trust me, it can be scary. It can be, can be worrying. But if you have in mind, like, this isn't just about releasing it from my heart. It's about helping other people who might be dealing with the same thing, particularly my close circle. It's absolutely huge. It really is. And it makes you realize as well that you're not alone, as well as making these people realize that they're not alone. So it's kind of a ripple effect with you sharing your story. Definitely. So on one hand, it really takes the individual to find the confidence to, to get the courage to speak up about their struggles. But then on the other hand, you know, we need to be making sure as like the friends and the, and the support systems around these people that we're doing two things. Number one, we are like, you know, aware that and having awareness and taking notice of what is going on in the people around us. You know, are they showing different signs of maybe they're closing some things off from the rest of the group? And then also uh, communication, right? So awareness and communication so then we can really facilitate a space for people to feel comfortable you know, speaking up because that is what these support systems are for. This is what friendships are for, right? To create that space is where you can feel supported and you can feel comfortable speaking up. And there's one more thing that I want to have a chat about before we start to wrap up this episode. And it's something that you actually brought up earlier in this discussion. And it was when you were talking about a past relationship that you were in. And when you left that relationship, you realized that you had really been getting all your happiness from that other person rather than getting it from yourself. And this is something that I hear so often from people, right? Like rather than finding that happiness within first, they're always looking to find it within someone else. So from your experience, how did you actually go from being in this position to finally, because, you know, I mean, you radiate like there's such positive energy, you know, ever since I've met you, you've been such a positive person. And that's why I said at the beginning, I had no clue about these struggles you had been through. So how did you go from and making that shift to finding happiness within yourself rather than finding it within someone else? Definitely having those hard, hard things hit you. I've always been in a scenario in my life where I've had to have something really drastic happen to me for me to have a huge shift in my mindset. So in, in terms of that first one, like, the first time I was noticeably very depressed, like it wasn't just then that that happened. Like I remember stealing my dad's van and crashing that illegally. Like I failed my A-levels at the same time. I was like on the brink of really like fucking my life up. And it was those times I was like, I don't know. It was almost like a voice inside of me being like, you're going to have to change what you're doing or you're going to really fuck it right here. So. In terms of like 
that was the first scenario where I was like, yeah, I can't be all in with someone like this. But it took me two, three relationships to figure that out. And I think actually my most recent one was the relationship that was actually best for my mental health in terms of like, she was amazing. And there was a scenario where she said, like, I don't know why you listen to sad music to make yourself sadder. Like, that just makes you more depressed. And I realized, like, in that moment that I almost manifested my own depression a lot of the time. As I did literally weeks ago, like, I was, I was getting really anxious about if I was getting depressed again. And then I was getting, my mood was going down and down and down and down. And then I was like, I'm manifesting my own depression. And I think the first step towards, shifting yourself is that self-awareness is huge the more self-awareness you can have the more you can shift yourself because you recognize what is possibly something that you don't want to do about yourself or you don't want to be about yourself and you realize the things that you maybe want to improve on so that self-awareness shift is huge i love that self-awareness is so important so important and sometimes it can be really hard to become self-aware but then it does take certain experiences and you have that little click in your head or maybe you have a conversation with someone like you did, you know, when she did something as simple as pointing out that the music that you were feeding yourself was supporting, you know, the mindset that you didn't necessarily want to be into. And that's something that's so simple that so many people do, right? Like whatever you were feeding yourself subconsciously is going to end up having an impact on you down the track. So I think that's so powerful that you were able to gain such strong self-awareness and really, you know, take action steps to pull yourself out of that, right? Like, so what are some of the things that you sort of started to do to turn yourself around? Turning myself around. Finding happiness in myself in terms of, I guess now, like the best thing that you can do for yourself, and I recommend anybody do this listening to it, is think of maybe five to 10 activities that you love doing by yourself or that you could do by yourself. So this could be like your self-care list. That might be watching a film. That might be like having a dance, personal faith. That might be having a hot bath. That could be going for a nature walk. That could be going for a workout. But list some things that make you really happy doing, doing it by yourself. And then during this time, take some time away from your phone, away from anything that externally validates your, your scenario, your world, and start to find yourself. Like Start to find what you love about your life. Start to find things that make you happy. Start to find things that are going to constantly push you to be more and push you to be the superhero that you are essentially because doing those kinds of steps is huge in terms of your development and then also just recognize like if fitness is your thing just work just work on recognizing that you are showing up for yourself on the regular recognize that you are putting in work that's huge that shift for me from going my workout has to be perfect my workout has to be perfect which a lot of like the bodybuilding industry is recognizing that, you know, like I turned up and I did my best. That's, that's such a huge shift rather than being like, my workout has to be the best being like, I showed up and I was my best. Mm. That's, that's different. It's so, so different. And it's such a small mindset change. Mm, Being kinder to yourself, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Be way kinder to yourself. Stop being so horrible to yourself. But I love what you said about like going out and and finding the things that you enjoy doing yourself because when you are in a relationship, sometimes you can become so consumed by that other person and not realize that the things that you enjoy, in quotation marks, are actually the things that that person enjoys and it's not truly what 
sets your soul on fire, but because you are so invested mm-hmm. in that relationship you're in, you sort of become like one rather than two entities. Yeah. And I so believe that like healthy relationships, right? Like do the work on yourself first, like work on your mindset, work on yourself, make yourself happy as an individual. And when you truly do that, you actually attract the right relationships back in for you, you know, rather than mm. constantly looking and trying to seek the things that are currently lacking within yourself rather than trying to fulfill them through finding someone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you definitely recognize people that like jump relationship to relationship. There's a reason. And they always jump into like the same type of person. Like mm. I know so many girls that literally go for fuck boys, fuck boys, fuck boys. And then they're surprised that that yeah. the same thing happens, but then they are also not changed within themselves. Like they haven't found their themselves or their happiness in a certain way. So they don't know what type of person they genuinely want into their life rather than just somebody who's really attractive and a bit of a joker type thing. And yeah, yeah I mean, maybe you could put me in that category at one point in my life, but try not to be that anymore. <laughs> Cause yeah. just, that's just not the, that's not the vibe at all. It's really not the vibe. But I think in terms of like relationships as well, like a relationship should just be an addition to your life. It shouldn't be like part of it. I remember like saying certain things that you think are really romantic, like, oh, I couldn't live without her. Mm. That's so fucking unhealthy, like so unhealthy, like so bad. But you think it's really romantic at the time. It's really not. Mm -hmm. So I think shifting yourself and realizing that a relationship is just an addition to your life and it's an additional happiness point. And if you're not happy and if you're not like content with yourself, focus on yourself first for sure. And a relationship's a big commitment as well. Like it's not like a, it's not a small thing to do. Like in order for a relationship to flourish, like you have to put time and you have to invest into it. The same as a business, like you have to invest into it. You have to put time into it. So if you're already hugely invested into something in your life, that could even be a fitness journey. Like if you're already hugely invested into it, maybe a relationship isn't going to be best because maybe going out for takeaways and going out for expensive dates isn't going to support your journey mm-hmm. because it is a difficult scenario. But that's not to shit on people that, you know, are in really good relationships because, you know, you do you guys. Like if you guys are super happy together and you make it work and you're able to develop on yourselves during the same time, then fuck yeah, go for it, you fucking power couple. <laughs> I love that. I think that like, you know, even the media industry, like, you know, all these romantic movies and everything can create a really toxic sort of mentality around what a beautiful relationship is, right? Like when, like you were saying, like, I couldn't live without you or you complete me, all of these sorts of things that really get romanticized in like films mm-hmm. and in books and all of that, it creates the wrong mindset towards what a, like a relationship really should be. So I think it's so cool that like, you know, that sort of came up there to have a little bit of a chat about. But the final thing that I really want to ask you, Luke, before we wrap up this episode is obviously this is the Empower With Them podcast. And I like to ask all of my guests, what is one final piece of empowering advice that you'd really love to leave all our listeners with today? If you don't like what you're doing, change it. That was what changed my life. That was what changed my life. I was listening to another podcast at the time. I was working in laboring site. I'd been working at a laborers for 11 months and I'd literally just was at the brink of breaking up with my ex-girlfriend and I had someone say to me, oh, I heard this, this is what heard was heard to me was, if you don't like the situation that you're in, change it, do something about it. Mm. Because, do it because thinking about it is never going to change your life. 
thinking about changing your dream, going after your dream, going after what you want, is never ever going to change your life. So you have to make the step forward. You have to do something. I love that. You're such a superhero, Luke. So tell all of our listeners, where can they find you on Instagram? I'll pop it all in the show notes, but where can they find you if they want to uh, search you up straight after this episode? So Instagram is the best place to find me. It's simply luke.anning. That's L-U-K-E dot A-N-N-I-N-G. And uh, yeah, look for the superhero mindset body coach. Like that's where you'll find me. That's where the place, that's where the big energy happens. I love that. Well, this has been such an epic episode. I'm so glad that you jumped on and had a chat with me today. And thank you so much for, you know, feeling comfortable enough to be able to open up and speak out about all of these different things you've gone through, because I know that, you know, you sharing your story is really going to have an impact on whether it even just be one life, one of our listeners, you know, that is what we're aiming for, you know, and your reason why to be doing what you're doing is so damn strong. And I know that you are going to be helping honestly, thousands or millions of people in your lifetime. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. So thanks again, Luke. Oh, I appreciate you. I feel empowered now. Let's freaking go guys. <laughs> so that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.